Well, good day, everyone, and welcome to Shelters by Jesus Radio. My name is Al, and I'm here with my brother and uh, partner here in the broadcast, Seth. Good morning, Seth. Good morning, Al. I'm really glad to be here today. A little exhausted because I stayed up and watched the news all night. But you know what? God's going to get us through this, so amen. You know what I like to say? This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, Psalm 122. So thank you for joining us, people, and stay tuned. So, Al, one of the things is, you know, the election's finally over. Praise God for that. Yep. Uh, no more annoying political ads. But I just want to Our mail will be a little lighter, too, these days. Oh, thank, thank goodness for that. But I just want to encourage people, because whether your candidate got a seat wherever— Here's one thing I just want to remind everybody of, that no matter who sits in the Senate, the Supreme Court, or the White House, God still sits on his throne. Yes. And he is ultimately in control. He's king. Amen. He is king. And if you were to look into your concordance, that would be sources in the back that would source that word king with a capital K. You're going to find lots of references to that. That whole idea of a king, a sovereign king that's sitting on the throne looking over us, that is a real comfort to me. And I, I think to believers as well, in my imagination, I can think of a kingdom and all the fixings that go with it, and he is certainly deserving of that. We can only imagine, like the song says, however, there is a place, and it is an established kingdom, and it's grand. It really is to see, to hear, to experience, and that is, that's really where our home is, I believe. That picture, that thought is a great comfort to me, and it works for me. Well, Jesus is neither Republican nor Democrat. Jesus is Jesus. He is God. He is sovereign. And thank God that he's not politically affiliated. You know, he is concerned about the kingdom of heaven. He is concerned about eternity. He's concerned about souls. And I don't care what you call yourself. If you have Christ in your heart, you're a brother and sister to me. And we need to come together regardless of who wins, who loses. We need to come together and chase after the will of God, chase after his face. Uh, And that's my biggest concern. You know, uh, one of my favorite verses, Al, that establishes who God is, that he is in authority, he is sovereign, is uh, Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 to 17. It says, For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So God establishes authority. And they're placed there for his glory. And he establishes and holds all things together. What more could a child of God want? I think one of our biggest mistakes as Christians, Al, is we put our faith in the government and not in the Holy Spirit. There are people that definitely do that. And it's concerning because ultimately putting your faith in something, anything other than Jesus Christ as your Savior, will set you up for an ultimate failure at some point, whether or not they want to admit it. And so the Lord's word is clear, and his heart is such that nobody perish without a saving knowledge. Once you do submit to that authority, which is out there, I believe then a person then has a choice. They can fight it, or they can begin to be transformed. Well, let's face it. We live in a world that loves labels. We love to label people, and we love to label things. And one of the reasons we like to label people is I can throw you in with a chunk of other people, not get to know you, not care about you, not have a conversation with you because you're this or you're that. And I think that's a huge mistake. I think that, you know, when we group people together under labels, 
It gives us an excuse not to have to reach out, not to have to get to know people. Folks, we have people here at the shelter who identify with a thousand different labels. And the only label I care about is Christ follower. That's the only label I care about. We've got Democrats, we've got Republicans, we've got atheists, we've got Christians. We've had people here who are Wiccans, black, white, Asian. Uh, it doesn't matter. You walk through these doors, and our ultimate goal here is to introduce you to Jesus Christ. You can call yourself anything you want. What I'd love to call you is brother or sister, and that's our big goal. And we have seen hundreds respond to that Amen. over the years. One of my good friends and someone I trust here, you know, I consider him to be a really good friend, is uh, my assistant director, Rick. And he can tell you, when he first got here, he was not into God. It was no way. You weren't going to convince him there was a God. He, you know, he was here. He'd follow the rules. He'd go. And that's great. And it wasn't very long long before he raised his hand in salvation. And then a few months later, he and his son got baptized together. And so, you know, that's the label I care about. And I think if we can learn as a society to stop labeling each other and just accept each other and even each other's opposing opinions, I'm sure Al, you and I don't agree on everything. You know, I'm sure Gary and I don't agree on everything. I know Pastor and I don't agree on everything, but I love that man. And, you know, I love you and I love Gary. I consider you guys my friends, and I will be there for you through thick and thin. It doesn't matter what your opinion is on a subject. What's important to me is that we have Christ in common. And when you have Christ in common, there's absolutely nothing else that matters. You know, it's all little stuff. Because when it's all said and done, folks, we're going to stand before the Lord. And if you think party affiliation or belief system or service without Christ is going to matter to him. It won't. If you think, you know, your your ability to memorize sports statistics or, you know, you faithfully voted down party line or, um, you know, you got on Facebook and Twitter and you put somebody in their place that God's going to be impressed. I don't think so. He's a God of love and mercy and grace, God of relationships, you know, and we are doing everything we can to have an excuse not to have a relationship. I agree with much of what you just said. I pulled up a verse here, actually, 1 John 4, starting in verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not follow God, because God is love. So, yes, he definitely is love. That is our heart. We've been transformed. John says in his gospel, I believe it's in chapter 1, he says, we've seen his glory and testify to that. And when that happens, a person will never be the same because you're filled with his Holy Spirit. It fills that void. And I know many of the that are listening to this understand that. And then you see a value in life and you submit to a king, you want to try to, you want to try to follow him as best you can. And some people say, I just don't know what to do. But it's clear, he wants you to begin by trying to follow him, do things that are right. All those characteristics that he offers us in the package deal found in Galatians 5 are the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, goodness, mercy, kindness, patience, gentleness, and there's no law about how much of that we can have. And and the the one I don't like is the self-control one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, try that on for size. No, but he gives us that capacity to excel in those areas, I believe. The capacity, the seed is there, the potential is there, Mm -hmm. the strength and the ability to walk in that path is there. Right. So certainly you and I are of a similar bend as far as that goes. Mm -hmm. And we love our fellow people. And I'm glad you said that we don't discriminate against people here. No. I mean, when someone does come and they're falling onto hard times, there is a background check that's done. Let's be honest. Yes. And if somebody is in a place where they're wanted by the law, we can't just take in someone and hard harbor someone who's a fugitive of justice. Right. 
we want it to be safe for the people that are here. Let's be fair about it, too. Here, here's the thing. We do have a standard of behavior we expect. Yes. So we do let people in. However, we are a Christian organization. Yep. Uh, we do things God's way. and Try to. We'll, we'll try to. Yes. Yeah, that's, a, that's a fair statement. And then we expect people to adhere to the rules. And the rules that were developed here were developed to harbor good relationships with our neighbors and to follow Scripture when it says this is what you can do and what you cannot do. But, you know, to, to get to that, one of the verses that I repeat to myself a lot when I find myself getting angry or upset or, or having to deal with situations is First uh, John 4.20, where it says, Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. We're all made in God's image, yes? Yes. And God says to love each other. He says to love your enemy. He says to pray for your enemy. And I'm not special, Al. I'm not someone who, you know, was born and I'm suddenly God's gift to the planet. I am someone who is equally sinful, equally lost, equally condemned without Jesus Christ. And it was because of God's love and grace that I have Christ in my life. But still, even then, I'm not better than the person sitting next to me who may be saved or unsaved. And if I treat them like an enemy... When God says you to love that person, how can I say I love God? He says he is love. He defines love, and he gets to because he's God. Do you believe in boundaries? I absolutely believe in boundaries. Do you believe in absolutes? I absolutely believe in absolutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you for joining us, everyone. We'll be closing in prayer. Uh, no, so, so sure, I totally agree with what you say in terms of love being a starting point. And he's in us now, and that love is a potential. We still live in a fallen world. I thought of the rough saying that, well, I'm going to not quote it exact, that's why I said call it rough, but C.S. Lewis said that the world that we live in just doesn't satisfy us. Mm-mm. We can try a lot of things, but it just doesn't mm-hmm. satisfy us. He came to the conclusion that that only goes to prove that we're not made for this world. We will be uncomfortable in this world because the world is still filled with sin. Well, how many times, Al, do you, you know, you, you go and you buy yourself something thinking, oh, this is going to make me happy, or oh, it would be really nice to have this thing, whether it's, you know, a new TV, new car, whatever, it doesn't matter. You're only fulfilled for maybe an hour Right. A day, a week, and then you're back to where you were because, like, you're right. Like C.S. Lewis says, there's nothing this world can offer us, first of all, but death. That is the best it can offer us. And secondly, because we are not citizens of this world, anything the world provides for us doesn't fill a void put there by sin. Unless it's from God. He, he'll give us God. times of refreshing. Mm-hmm. And we recognize that he is the father of lights. And anything good that we have comes down from the father of lights from which there's no changing. So I guess what I'm just talking about, we're just, and ju- we're just wrapping here too today, folks. I know that there's some people that are insistent that there's another way to God. And you and I have both encountered them here. Mm-hmm. And so there's a little bit of a challenge when you and I both know the scripture and it's very clear. It says, Jesus said it. It's in the red letter versions. Yeah. He said, I am, one of the great I am statements, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. Except through me. And so that's the only way to heaven. Now, you and I both will encounter people, and we know today we will, tomorrow we will, people here at the shelter that don't believe that. No, we hope that the Spirit will call those individuals and work in their life, and I believe that's going on too. However, when somebody takes a step 
that begins to draw other people into that mindset that there are other ways, I get a little bit concerned. And so not to say that you can't stay here, but certainly I feel that there's a time and place that then to speak up and talk. And a lot of times people won't consider that to be very loving. They're just... Well, okay. That's a good point, Al. And let's talk about that point specifically. Okay. Because I hear that a lot. Well, if you love me, you will accept me exactly as I am. I'm made perfect. And I don't don't tell me what to do. This is how I believe. This is how I'm going to live. And you have to accept me. Well, here's the thing. You know, they use that famous verse, judge not lest ye be judged. Oh, yeah. Take the plank out of your eye. Right. So here's what I'm going to say about that, because, you know, Pastor and I've had this conversation before. We are absolutely called to judge sin. Yes. First of all, but we are called to judge sin and confront them and say, listen, I know this is going on with you in love and say, you know, we, we need to get you past this. I've heard it said it's okay to be fruit inspectors also. Well, yes, absolutely. Sure. But we're told the Bible says you will know them by their fruit. Mm -hmm. So God's implying there you have to know the fruit, what fruit should be had, and whether or not someone's producing it. So we do get quite a few people in here who come in here and feel like it's their responsibility to set us straight and they're going to preach the doctrine and they're coming from sometimes way in outer space. Sometimes we get a, a few in here and they know their scripture and they're good. They're real good. And we encourage them to grow. And we don't necessarily discourage the ones that are sort of out of context or off base. We just do our best to lovingly push them in the right direction and say, you know, I understand this is what you're saying, but let me show you what scripture says about this, because you're you're using one verse out of context. And if you read the entire chapter surrounding that verse, plus supporting verses in scripture and read those chapters, you'll get a better understanding of what it is you're trying to share. And then we get people who come in with some pretty wild ideas. Uh, We had a gentleman here who told everyone it was women's fault that there's sin in the world. He had the women here crying, and I had to walk in and say, whoa, 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 stop. I said, who was it that was responsible? It was Adam. And who was it that God asked for when he came back to the garden? Adam. And what did God ask? Adam, what did you do? And then we find later later on in in the New Testament, it says, through one man, sin entered into the world being Adam. So I had to kind of like, you know, pull him back and say, listen, really, you know, for a statement like that is hurtful. It causes confusion. So it's not of God. So what you just mentioned there may not be interpreted as love by that individual, right? but we love them enough to be able to say that. Now, if you can talk in a fair way, respectful, that is, and have a conversation, that's great. Well, do you love someone enough, Al, to risk your friendship over anything? It doesn't have to be Bible. It could be anything. If you feel your friend is going down the wrong road and it might cost you your friendship to say something, do you love them enough to do that? That's what they why they call it tough love. It is. Sometimes I, I feel up for it, and other times I don't say something, and I kick myself for it. Mm. And the Spirit works with this. You and I have both been around the block a little bit, and, and so we know times when we can relate to those situations. Sometimes you've—I I think you can probably relate to this. You've, you say something to somebody in a loving way, trying to help them mm. correct maybe a shortfall in their life, a destructive type of thing, and they don't receive it very well. However, later, particularly if they're the Lord's, Mm. the Holy Spirit will work on that individual. And then they later come back and say, you know, that wasn't an easy thing you did talking to me and kind of wasn't a very nice person in the way I responded, but you were right. Maybe in oh so many ways. Have you had that experience? I'm guilty of that. Al, honestly, like especially when I was a younger Christian, now not so much because, listen, I've learned to trust that men like you and Gary and Pastor Spencer and 
and Pastor Barry and Ron and Ken and Jim, you love me. And if you feel moved to come and speak into my life, then to me, I try to immediately recognize that's the Holy Spirit, Seth. That's your brother coming to you because God has moved him to say something. And so you can either reject it in pride and become angry. Ooh, that's a, that's a tough one. It oh, goes deep. Yep, pride. Oh, yep, oh. yep. And you know, pride is so tricky, Al, because it disguises itself in many forms. Its favorite form, I find, it disguises itself as, you're right, Seth, and they need to know you're right. And God is telling you you're right. And so defend yourself, you know? But Jesus says to always deal with others in humbly, in humility. And if they're wrong, well, then they're wrong, but you've dealt with it humbly so it's you can part in peace. You know, I've learned, Al, that when people come to me and they want to correct me or speak into my life, I appreciate it. I calmly... Well, that's a sign of maturity because not everyone does. You're growing, and I'm proud of you. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank um, you. Because it isn't an easy thing to... I remember my evaluation in the world that I had where I worked. It said, do they receive constructive criticism well? I mean, and I was ranked on that. And I was just like, <laughs> no, that's just silly almost. But in a way, how well do you receive when someone talks to you? You know what I found, Seth? And, and I did. Are you done with that no, thought? No, please, uh, go okay, ahead. Well, yeah. here's what I, one thing I found. And I've just learned it. It didn't come easy. And I'm not saying I've arrived yet either. However, I've looked at the life of Jesus. And I did actually did a study on this, and I would re- recommend that our listeners maybe do this as well, too. Go and look at the questions that Jesus asked. When there was a, somebody who was in a situation, often it was sinful, he wouldn't just come and say, you are wrong. Don't ever do that again. Do you want to be healed? There was this unusual thing, that tact that he had. He's creator of the world, and he loves his creation, mm-hmm. and he desires that no one perish, but he would ask questions. Now, I have found following that kind of lead, sometimes when you want to talk to somebody about sin— For example, if you had somebody that felt like maybe, oh, let's just say it, abortion. Now, there's a hot topic. Very hot, yeah. Some people say, you know, don't even talk about it. Don't talk about it. Don't think about it. Just let people make up their mind and stuff. However, we need to be a voice, I believe, for the unborn. But sometimes somebody has really been hurt, and they have a long-held understanding that somebody should have a certain right, and so let's just respect them. But you can also ask a probing question. When do you think life begins? Mm. When do you think life begins? At what point is a life a life, a baby a baby? I think I, I think I understand what you're trying to say, Alice. Sometimes if you just ask a probing question without being accusatory, sometimes they'll walk away Thinking. Thinking. Yes. Yeah. And then if they are the Lord's, or even if they aren't, the Holy Spirit can begin to work with that. Yeah. They can be haunted by it in the Mm. sense that, wow, you know, I've never thought that because I've never answered that question to myself, and that needs to be answered. I jumped right to a pretty hot topic, but it can be other things too. Maybe somebody's misusing their body or something Mm. like that. Right. In the sense that uh, they're just drinking too much, and they have an addiction of some sort. And I have talked to some people, you know, where they come and say, like, you know, we should have that right. <laughs> You've heard that too. Like, right. we should be able to do what we want. Right. Well, then it's not safe for other people because you're not that same person when you're under the influence. Yeah. And so we try to control, which really, you know, they sign a contract here, actually, and, and with an understanding that, you know, you can't come in here blasted right. and out of your yeah, mind. we're not a flap house. You can't, no, you can't leave the, in the day and party no, and come back. it's got to yeah. be safe. It just doesn't yeah. work that way. Right. I mean, and so we're not going to say, well, that is your right. And so there are some very clear understandings, but sometimes it's just like, 
like you can talk to them maybe say like do you want to get clean do you think there's a better way that you could take care of your body you know so because you've got kids and think about don't you want to be around for them or or try to give them the courage to face the root problem and that is our biggest struggle well folks we're so glad that you joined us today and and thank you al for being here this morning wait i don't want to stop can we do more (laughs) we'll do more yes sir (laughs) but we want to just praise god he's in control praise god he's on the throne and praise god for all that he does here at shelters by jesus he is king Amen. So, folks, if you'd like to learn more about Shelters by Jesus, you can check us out at www.sheltersbyjesus.com, or you can go to our website, sbjradio.com, where you'll find a link to our archives as well as our current episodes. And if you'd like to send us a letter, you can do so by writing us a letter to Shelters by Jesus, 12 McClellan Street, Skowhegan, Maine, 04976, or you can even give us a call at 207-474-8833. God bless you, and God bless you, Al. God bless you, Seth. Amen. Thank you.